Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me are Ram and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, Steph. Hey, Steph. Hello, chaps, indeed. Good to see you. Tottenham are back. Uh, well, uh, we've been back since the start of the season, in fairness, with the Andrew Revolution, and it has been precisely that. What I should say is Tottenham are back-to-back winners once again. Uh, we are following up that 4-1 win over Newcastle with a Friday night special at the City Ground and a gritty 2-0 win against Notts Forest. Uh, there's loads to get into, so no fin flammery, gents. Uh, let's get right to it and let's get to the team selection. It's pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> You tell um, me. I'm just throwing down the gauntlet of that, this challenging opening question t- that we have took every week. Take us by week. surprise, Steph. <laughs> what you mean? No, no pretty metaphors or no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <I> was... <laughs> no. Oh, it sounds like the Kinks from the '60s. Yeah. No, none of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we're unchanged. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a surprise for me. I think why change a team around when we don't have to? A more and we don't pragmatic have any players. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A more pragmatic approach might have been to introduce like Skipper Hoybier into midfield, rotate the defence. But our, our manager doesn't compromise on our best available eleven. So we, you know, and we don't have yeah. our other commitments. Yeah. Ram, did 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 Milo just quote a Van Halen song, Unchained? Did he just do that? Did he try and throw this pod off course with a musical reference? Or am I imagining? Am I hearing? Anyway, well, I you, you missed one last week, Steph. <laughs> did, did you did you notice the one you missed last week? No, go on, go on, fill me in. I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be ashamed. When we were talking about Nathan Jones, yeah. God, no, go a on. week later, you still missed it. You were talking about Nathan Jones and how he's lost a management. I said he's got he's been gone too long, which is a Supremes banana stroke banana rama. Uh, reference oh, right. and yes, it completely went that. over your head and yeah. I had several people message me saying <laughs> did did Steph miss that was it yeah. did it pass him by yeah, like, yeah. yeah which is why I was giggling yeah. I was giggling in the background because I, I saw you giggling I, I just thought you were laughing at me in, in having no, a, a, was, a little I, snicker at a comment I'd made actually I, I was <laughs> I was laughing at my, I was laughing at my own joke because no one else was going to so <laughs> there we are that's what this comes down to folks he's disappointed that we didn't laugh at his pun last week but he's made so, up for it with I, some well, fantastic no, a, pod titles which are pun-tastic <laughs> I didn't do a Van Halen one this week though because yeah, I know, okay. I've heard no virtually nothing of them I'm just I glad that you had your opening gambit, Steph, and went straight into it, but we still managed yeah, to know, derail it. Child. I <laughs> yeah. just derailed it. I just couldn't help myself. Oh, God. Uh, that's probably because, um, you know, we, we, we've, yeah, this game this game is challenging. I think it was challenging for mm. to watch, uh, very challenging to play in. Uh, let's take an overview, first of all, on how we played. Um, Should I pick this up? So I thought we played, so the first 20 minutes, I thought we played really well and almost picked up where we were left off with the Newcastle game. And then after that, Forest got more and more physical and disrupted the flow of the game. I think, you know, that's kind of the story of, of the rest of it. It wasn't particularly pretty. It was a bit scrappy. And it was a bit scrappy because Forest were niggly foulers all the way through, disrupting our play, breaking it up, agitating us, and were given license to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there were moments I was worried uh, we would get overrun. But we had some really big performances like around the pitch, notably the two centre-halves, Decky, who I thought was absolutely immense. Uh, You know, he obviously had a goal and assist, excelled in two separate positions. And he also worked tirelessly to make sure we kept possession in critical moments. But absolutely agree with you, Milo. Like, I think... I think the the physicality. I think they they had the remit to either, you know try and bully us and at times commit outright assaults around the pitch. Um, well, yeah. I, I mean, it happened. I mean, in fairness, they were doing this from the first minute. Mm. I mean, they committed a foul on on Sonny three times in one action, and and none of them were light. You know, it was ridiculous. The first, the, yeah, the first one was on 25, 25 seconds, wasn't it? And then yeah. on, on fifty yeah. seconds, they had him on the floor and kicking him in the head, and yes. uh, and yes. we're getting nothing for, from it. And yeah, I mean, I think so. When I talk about that, I'm talking kind of about. I think it wasn't disrupting our play. I'd agree with you that they were doing that. I don't think they were doing it quite um, as frequently, or maybe as effectively early in no, the game. And I think. I, and I think. And I think yeah, there's a reason for that, isn't there? And, and we'll get to it in a minute. I just want to throw this in before we do, because we are about to get into the physicality of this game in, in, in the next phase of our discussion. But I do want to just address one thing with how we played that I don't quite think I've seen before this season to this degree. I felt the second half was probably as close to a pragmatic performance as I've seen from a Postacoglu side this season. I thought we weathered storms really well. Mm. I thought we really chose our times to play our game. And we also chose our times to 
sit in and and be a little not more not cautious a little smarter maybe in 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 coming forward i i thought we managed the game in the second half extremely well that was that was something i felt yeah i think there was a bit of that against newcastle so maybe this is you know an evolution or maybe it's just managing minutes again you know he can't use the bench quite as much as he'd wish and yeah. maybe we're having to rest that's um, a good point you know rest on the pitch and i think um but you say that you know we're down to 10 men and we're still trying to press from the front we're still committing men forwards you know <laughs> so um i don't think i don't think Ange has completely um sold out his tactics or his approach no no and i'm not i'm not saying that I wasn't I, saying you I were know. saying. I wasn't saying yeah. you were saying that, Steph. Okay, I was. Good. I was. I was um, just saying, kind good. of, just, just more generally. I think yeah, you know, yeah. there's still a commitment good. to what he's doing. I think you know, gotcha. maybe it's just a tweak. Hmm. I think more, yeah, more yeah. out of necessity than anything else. We were having Correct. to, you know, yeah, we were kind of sitting. But back it's nice to know that that maturity is in mm. there and it's growing. And players mm. like Saar, you know, uh, is a, you know, that maturity is in them. Uh, but let's get back to this physical uh, aspect of the game. Uh, we've already touched on the fact that Forrest committed a lot of tactical fouls and slowed down our game. Uh, they committed some uh, very agricultural fouls as well. And uh, I felt were endangering our players at, at, at several times. As a matter of fact, it gave me a very dim view of Nottingham Forest. Having said that, I suppose that the manager was fighting for his life. So who knows? We can comment on that at another time. But I think Milo made a great point when he said after 20 minutes, it was starting to really disrupt our game because they stepped it up. And I think that it, it's impossible to not touch on the ref here. I think that, you know, uh, let, let's talk about it. I have my own views. Guys, why don't you put yours forward first? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this is a, a subject that we've covered. I mean, you know, certainly I think Sheffield United was the first time we really focused on it. But, you know, that game, the Luton game, um, I mean, you know, it's come up time and time again. And pretty much anyone from kind of the middle or lower half of the table is taking this approach against us. Um, and I think... We haven't got really protection from the refs all the way through the season. This game was no different. Um, you know, I think teams are, are setting out to you know, tactically foul us, to break up our play, stop us playing so quickly through them. Partly because it's just so difficult to live with us when we're playing like that. Uh, you know, and, and you know, the, most of these teams we're talking about here aren't really on you know on the, on, on the same level. And I think what refs are failing to do is you know, kind of give the yellow card for the third time this happens. I think, you know, individually, most of these challenges, although there were certainly some in this game where I thought, you know, there should have been bookings and there weren't any. Uh, more often than not, they're kind of minor fouls to break up play. But I think you've got to, um, they've got to start issuing cards for accumulative um fouls and that's not what's happening and you know i think it was a bit of a joke the first yellow card in this in this game was for a doggy um for you know and yeah there's a lot there's a lot worse going on it just seemed seemed odd to me i don't really have too much to add to that to be honest i think you're spot on and i think that you know i I think we like you said we need to maybe be a bit more vocal um from the outset uh, when these situations occur um i think one of the things especially with this game uh, and uh, one thing i noted was you you put vd uh, van der ven and madsen in there and um, i think we're a very physical team and can be a very physical team mm. and match for anyone with our with our first 11 out there and i think someone like madders or van, van der ven is someone that will kind of go and speak to the ref um bentoncour as well you know bentoncour is someone he might not necessarily be completely vocal but he'll get stuck in um and i th- i think that it was a similar with the chelsea game we lost we lost mm. Van. It's ironic we lost Van der Ven, and then we had um, uh, Madsen who was playing injured, um, and then you know Romero obviously got sent off. And I think those, I think there's certain players in this team that are you know potential leaders that uh, when we lose them, we lose a little bit of that impetus to kind of get forward uh, and sort of challenge the ref. I think we're also, and I don't just think it's us. I think there are a couple of other sides in the league who have players of that ilk. I mean, I mentioned Arsenal and Saka. He gets treated the same way. Let's not mm. beat around mm-hmm. the bush there. Mm-hmm. But I think what's generally happening is that uh, especially teams like us we're getting caught in the middle of what seems to be a philosophical battle in the world of refereeing which is they want to let the game go they want to let it flow they don't want the game to become a non-contact sport so it feels to me that it's almost easier to commit an egregious foul and get away with it than it is a tactical one albeit the ref missed attacked two tactical fouls or not even tactical two rules when he didn't uh, give two yellow cards for you know asking for a yellow card on mark yates but um 
I think there is a real issue here and it's, uh, you know, we're suffering for it because, you know, I think the refs are getting caught. Well, we've got to let the game flow. We want to let it happen. And they're maybe also relying on VAR to say to them, hey, well, you should go back and look at that. There's like, there is a grey area and, here and we're paying for it. And we are none paying of these, for that. And none of these are the type of challenges or most of these aren't the type of challenges that VAR's ever going to pick up because they're, right. you know, they're, they're minor fouls. So, and, yeah. and I think you're right. It's I think it might, it, it might be a side effect of that. Although, you know, it wouldn't necessarily hurt if the VAR officials were saying, you know, that's his third one, that's his fourth one, that's his fifth one, or, you know, which, which is obviously isn't in the guidance it's not something they're allowed to do but it wouldn't hurt if if there was no. the ability mm. to do that um but fa- failing that i think the responsibility is on our players to say that and you know we talked yeah. about you know sonny getting kicked in the head on, in on 50 minutes and i really do think that he should have stayed down i think he should have held his head mm. and i think yeah. some of our senior players should have gone up to talk to the ref and say they were kicking him in the head what are you can do about it and of course yeah. w- you know, with a head injury then, as we saw later on in the game, unfortunately, the you know the medical team have to come on to look at it, and I think that way we can actually talk to the referee, we can and we can slow them down. And I think you know in the second half when Porro got the ankle tap, and I don't think you know it was a particularly serious uh, challenge. I it was probably one of the milder ones in the in the you know, compared to some of the stuff that Yates was dishing out. But I think Porro stayed down in order to try and make the point to the referee and to talk to him. And I think I think we've got to do that more. Uh, I think we're making it a little we're a little bit too nice, and I think we're making it a little bit too easy for for refs to ignore this kind of stuff. And I think we've got to start putting them under pressure. And it's look this this flows into something that you were saying earlier, and and actually as you were reminding us, you've mentioned on the pod before. I think that this is maybe somewhere where Ange also you know maybe a little less cute in the press conferences here, and maybe just say look you know, in the way that Ange could get away with it. Say, look, I'm not complaining. These are facts. You only need to look and see our players are getting, you know, they're getting fouled and it's costing us. I mean, they're facts. I think the way Ange could do it, and, you know, he could do it in his own way. I don't, I'm not saying he should be like Arteta or Klopp or one of those and be really whingy about it and all the rest of it. I think Ange could, you know, when he talks about being a fan and, you know, wanting, you know, he could say, Mm. as a fan, I want to see the best players out on the pitch. And that's what people paying to come and see the the club want to see. And at the moment, we've got loads of them out because they're getting fouled and they're picking up injuries as a result of it. And refs need to protect the best players so that the fans get to see them. Yeah. And you know, yeah. and I, I think that's a point that no one can argue with. And as you said, it's not just us that it happens to, but that's how I'd like him to approach it and say, you know, actually, mm. we need to protect the best players because. Yeah, you know, we said you know, so yeah. saying yeah, earlier in the season, yeah, Madison basically was getting his ankles taken out from underneath him, um, you yeah. know, four or five times every game. You know, we've seen the same with Geo. We see, you know, how many of our players when they're on the turn and they're on the roll like that are getting their legs taken out from underneath them? And there's only so many times you can have that done, and then you're not going to pick up, um, you're not going to pick up injuries. Mm. Do you think um, this is me just riffing right now? But do you think there's <laughs> there's a case that where um, we are. Uh, we're we're victims of our own of of the in inverted commas the success of our system in that because we play so frenetically and so expansively and refs want to let the game go uh, in that manner and because we're good at that that when we do get fouls like that they they're almost like yeah well these guys want to get on with it and and they're making it a spectacle so let's just get on with it I think there could be I think there's an element of that and I think I'd like to see refs. Uh, when they play the advantage, go back and give the free kick when there isn't an advantage mm. after playing for a little one, which you don't see very often. I think also from an opposition's point of view, they do the fouls because we're so quick. And if they're not, mm. if they're not, if they don't slow us down, then the game, you know, we're going to be past them very quickly. Yeah, they get overrun. I, I, I think that your question is extremely valid, but I'm going to frame it in the first ten minutes of, of of the game. I think referees need to dictate how the game is going to be played in the first ten minutes. It can be physical, it can be fast, but it needs to be fair. And when mm. you're seeing unfair challenges in the first 10 minutes, you need to almost performatively make the point to the team fouling mm. that you're not going to tolerate it. You need someone with a little bit of like, you know, arm waving and pointing and saying that's one, two, and you need to then do yep. it. I mean, I, there's no doubt that if someone yeah. got booked, I mean, there are three people who could have got booked for the for the sunny fouls in the first that that dictates the course of the game. At that point, the rest made it clear. I want this game to go, but you're not getting away with that. Well, he doesn't and, even he doesn't even have to book them. He could just say at that point, "I'm not having any more of that." You do that again, mm-hmm. you're going in the book. That would be enough. Either way, but you know, you. I think the first ten minutes of these games is where we're suffering, and I think that that's where you, you know what you're talking about become even more. Because it look, if you're the fouling team and you see, well, I'm I'm nibbling, I'm nibbling, I'm nibbling. Oh, 
no one's doing anything. Well, I think I could nibble a little harder or maybe I can nibble a little more. And so that's where the ante gets up. And that goes back to Milo's, you know, after 20 minutes, we were really getting, you know, some roughhousing and, and so on and so forth. Because you're looking to your left and right and nobody's doing anything because mm-hmm. they want to let the game go. So it, it sort of falls into itself. So I think our first 10 minutes is vital. But I suppose we should move on uh, to, to Eve's, uh, I mean, because it does fit in this segment of what we're talking about. Let's talk about Eve's Basuma. Uh, he did get a red card. Um, he will be suspended for four games and will then be off to AFCON. We are not going to see him um, until February. February, it doesn't look yeah. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So... Uh, you know, let, let let me couch this with it with sort of a double question conversational point and then whoever wants to jump in, you know, let's check in on Eves in general here and should we be concerned overall about our disciplinary record this season? Um and then of course there is the issue of how we fill <laughs> fill the number six position for at least six games. Well let there. Let's park the number six one and, p- and pick up the other two first and then we can come well, back to that. Well you just added that as I was saying it, so I thought yeah, well, it would be very, very cool for me to slide it in as a <laughs> no, third thing. I thought no, it looked no, very no. seamless. <laughs> no. It was more of a flavor flavoring. The timing was leg. off. It was like a pass <laughs> yeah. in the channel that was just a little I, 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 a little too early. Marvellous. Here we are. <laughs> you, you saw it there and went for it. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, dangled, um, you, you tempted me into it, you see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think it's a red card. He's got his boot up. He, can, you know, he, he catches his knee. Um, I don't think it was malicious. I think, um, you, know, I, you know, it's not as if he straightens his leg or goes through it as he's making contact there. Um, I think he was probably anticipating the ball to, to come up and it didn't. Uh, but either way, there's no excuses. It's a red card. And, you know, we we're complaining about other players putting in challenges like that and not getting away with it. I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, we, we can't complain about Matty Cash a few weeks ago and then, you know, gloss over this. Dangerous challenges, um, need yeah. to be, need to be taken out of the game. And this could have been potentially dangerous. It it was just stupid, wasn't it? We're two 0 up away from home, you know, cruising to an extent. No imminent danger in that in that, in that situation. And yeah, I like like you, Milo. I don't think it was malicious. I think I think he 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 genuinely thought what you know it was okay. I've I've, I've got a yellow here, um, and I think he was genuinely shocked when they changed it to red. But then apparently they were showing it on the screen uh in the in the ground and that's when you you know like like they have done at ours you suddenly then you hear the gasp and i I, I, i'm sure i clocked him look at it and then kind of put his head down or his head in his hands or something go oh yeah i think i've had one here actually yeah i'm gonna a very quick moan um about the the you know how the reactions to these things some of the punditry uh reaction to to this was was just absolutely outrageous to me yes uh it was a bad challenge but there was no malice as i think you've both quite clearly said however some of the pundits seem to feel that this was a, a, an outright assault and then when i consider what eddie nikedia got away with uh to, you know on vicario earlier in the season when uh he's missed by a millimeter but if he goes through we've lost our goalkeeper for a season mm-hmm. and when you look at maddie cash and that was a challenge of intent i will always believe that that was a challenge of intent he's that type of player i, I you know it just the reactions to these things do annoy me but um yeah i, I i've got to say with eves uh, you know uh, I, I am concerned that he does have these switch offs uh, where he momentarily makes a rash decision. Uh, that's that's a challenge he didn't need to go into. Um, and it's almost like he has a, 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 I don't know, a slight whiteout. Sometimes it happens with a misplaced pass in a key area. I don't know. Is that me being a little too concerned? I mean, he's 26, 27. I'm looking to him to be a leader at these moments. You know, we don't have many midfielders fit. Yeah, I mean, my reading of it is, I mean, I, I think there's a more general trend throughout the team. So I don't th- I don't think really we ought to be, you know, singling out um uh, Basuma here, although obviously you know it's, it's the latest incidents of it. You know, obviously we see Romero, you know, sent off for you know dangerous challenges. You know, we, he he was he was lucky to get away with one last weekend. You know, he's on five yellow, uh, four yellow cards at the moment. What you know, he's got uh, he's got to get through the next two games without getting a uh, a yellow, um, and then they're wiped clean. So they're wiped clean after Brighton. You know, Sars on four yellow cards now. Um, you know, Udogi's um, serving his you know second uh, suspension of the season now. So I think. Do think that there's it's kind of it's wider than just one player, but I, I do also think that it's almost to be expected in a way in terms of um, the game we're playing. We're playing a very very high octane game. We're pressing very very heavily on play, uh, on teams, and I don't think we're a dirty team. Um, but 
I think I think when players are getting used to playing at that speed and pressing with that level of intensity, firstly, I think you know it's always going to be a risk when you're playing at that pace. But also, I think it's going to take players a, a time to get used to that. Um, and I don't think it matters whether Basuma is you know 26 or 27. I don't think he's ever played in this kind of team before. Um, and you know, I think that's true of others. Um, but you know, whatever we do, I think it's probably always going to be a risk when we play at a thousand miles an hour and uh, are on top of opponents very, very quickly. Yeah, I think I think there's two answers for that. You know, this question, or, 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 like like you said, Milo, we play a very high risk, high reward game. It means you know a lot of very intense pressing. It also means leaving ourselves stretched at times and open, you know, on the break. Um, I would say you know we have to expect some inadverted commas professional behavior when teams catch us on the break but that said I don't agree we're a dirty team either um but an example of Bierce on Friday night and um a lot of our indiscipline has been of our of our own doing uh, and in mundane situations on the pitch so you know Romero and Nudogi as, as mentioned being examples of this I think we need to find a good balance between being physically dominant and dis- and disciplined um and and when we get it right we really get it right you know we're like we're, uh, there's very few teams that can kind of uh, keep up with us on that but I think there's too many rush of blood moments uh, so far for my liking because of the style of play um, which I'm not complaining about but we should find that balance well I hate to say it again this second uh, comparison with Arsenal I'm going to make in a row but uh, we do uh, discipline wise resemble Arsenal of last season it's almost like for like in the terms of where you know yellows and reds um, it, it's it you know and that's a team as you both said finding their way working with a style I also think they're another high pressing side as well so it's again stylistically we're not too dissimilar and I think we're probably even more extreme than they are but there's not there's some similarities this goes back to referees and laying their marker on the game in the first 10 minutes these are young players a player like Destiny Udogi against Chelsea probably got very frustrated because you're seeing your team getting kicked left right and centre and there's a rush of blood to the to the head now as you said Milo there's not really much point complaining I mean we got away with it on that particular moment um because we have to control what we can control. And I do think players like, you know, Udogi, uh, you know, they're going to learn. They're learning. I mean, Romero, it's a horrible line for Christian Romero. He, I saw him uh, get, I mean, I saw the crowd and the Forest players try to, to squeeze a yellow card out of the ref on him for a foul. And he's going to have to ride that line now that, you know, he's made the rod for his own back in a sense. But, it, it, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough. And I do think this is where we've got to be careful because we don't want to get a reputation as a dirty side. Yeah. Otherwise, refs will go, you know, that's when yellows get turned into reds and, you know, not, you know, war, you know yeah. free kicks get turned into yellows. And, you know, you, you know, you talked about the pundits. The pundits are talking this up. You see this with Romero. Uh, R- Romero doesn't get any um, benefit of the doubt from pundits anymore. None. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think, you know, potentially it's it's a bit of an issue for us. Yeah, yeah. It it, it, it it's sorry, go on, Rem. I was gonna say, are you saying that maybe Ange needs to be a bit more like uh Arteta in the post match conferences? Never. Is 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 that what's the Aussie for disgrace? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was wasn't that ridiculous? Oh it, was a, it was a disgrace. I think it's you shameless cunt, isn't it? Um <laughs> <laughs> flaming glass oh sorry no cut that cut that <laughs> um our listener, our listener numbers have been in australia have been doing very well recently ram up until that oh point. god yeah um, <laughs> this plays right back into what you said uh about the team have to be smarter in calling for things early on that are being done to them or calling it out because it is all connected i mean take a look at this game i i threatened milo that i was going to get all statty this week and of course i failed miserably um but i do know from my uh relative the remedial stat take on this game that when you look at the cards that were given out we got more cards than they did and we got a red one that they didn't yet if you watched the football match and were yeah. told that one team got that tally of cards versus the other you would think it was the team in red because of the way the game was played yeah. so I, I think again it does come back to that first 10 minutes and as you said Milo being smarter and 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 you know telling people hey this is going to protect you from frustration from you know reaction from any of it uh it, it will help and and that's something we do have to learn mm. that as a consequence of what you said ram the way we play is going to irritate people because they can't get close to us and this next phase of our development has to be you know 
box smart. And that's, yeah. I, I think that will come as a consequence. I mean, we forget how yeah. we're not, the we're side has half, not been together for the season. Long. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, they're really so, yeah, we have to trust that it will be taken care of. But um, anyway, um, let's let's talk about some of the more tactical stuff that we did. <laughs> you Now you have missed off that question about how we feel the sixth position for uh, for whilst, uh, whilst Basuma's away. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. All right. Let me ask the question. Well, why don't you ask the question? You put it in there. I just did. Okay. Well, so I'll answer it. Um, <laughs> with great difficulty, I think. <laughs> I think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, it, it's it's a real challenge. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's for six games, eh? Uh, are we intending on any of these players coming back? Uh, as Bentoncourt, are you thinking Bentoncourt might be back for three of them or not? No, I think Benton Kerr at the moment is scheduled for February. I think, oh, you know, given given that this is his second lengthy layoff in succession, I mean, by that point, he's effectively been out for a year with a, yeah. a small window in the middle where he's played a few games. We're going to be very, very cautious bringing him back. I think, um, and yeah, you know, although it's a different, although it's a different injury, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing, you know, bit part for the rest of the season because you can't really risk a, a you know it happening again and. Yeah. Uh, or certainly, yeah. I think I think certainly I think that should be our working assumption, and then maybe we'd be pleasantly surprised if it happens differently. Mm. Um, but yeah, he will have been. It, yeah, he will have played very little football for a year, and and we need to be very careful about how we bring him back. It's a tough one. I will answer your question uh, with two possibilities, uh, each of which have foibles that I will then expect both of you to pick apart. <laughs> Uh, my my heart tells me that Papsar has the intelligence to play the role, um, but maybe not the passing range because uh, you've got to be quick on the turn. You've got to play it quick. You've got to be better, you know, really good on the ball. And my logical sense would say that it's going to be either Skip or Hoybier. I think, knowing Ange, he would probably go with Skip because Skippy does uh, w- will be a little more adventurous. I mean, he's more quote-unquote programmable in that sense and is more adventurous, and then it does allow us to leave Saar. Uh, in in a more natural position for him. So I think, you know, overruling my heart, I would definitely go uh, with Skip in this particular case because I think he can execute uh, the role maybe the closest to that which Ange uh, wants. I think I'm I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think Skip is probably, of what we have at the moment, I think Skip is probably the most natural of the available players um, in that position um, of who's available right now. I think to maybe give him as many of those games as possible of those six games. Um, but you could you could rotate, um, you know, between sort of uh, Skip and Hoybier, um possibly Saar, but I'd, I'd, I'd say more Skip and Hoybier. Geo's and it would prob- depend Geo on could the... be exciting as well. I don't know. He could, yeah. I mean, I did think about that, but then I thought, would yeah. we, we we need him in the eight? Well, this is tough. It's a tough one. And I think yeah. like, yeah, you know, I, but they all, like you said, they all have their, I, I can hold a caveat to anyone at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> being in that it, position. So yeah. um, it falls to me to disagree. Then I, so I think there's very little chance. <laughs> I think there's very little chance of Saar doing it. I don't really think he's got uh, what Angie's looking for in, in that position. And, and also I think he's doing well in that kind of eight runner role. Um, you know, the more defensive eight, I think he's better off the ball than he's on it. And, um, you know, he covers a lot of distance and, uh, you know, is good at that um i think you know put that central role is uh you know it's a lot narrower in scope almost isn't it um and you're playing in quite a confined tight spaces which i don't really think is sar on the whole um and yeah and then there's this passing as well um i think he'll go hoibier i think i think he sees skip again as um as the kind of running eight um rather than at the base of midfield, I, I don't particularly like the idea of either Skip or Hoybier receiving the ball um, with their back to, back to the opposition goal, taking it on the turn and 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 uh, passing it out. Uh, but that's kind of who we're left with. I think he'll go with Hoybier because that's who he's used before and he's done okay there. Um, I, I, but I think what's absolutely key is that our fullbacks and our number eights get back and support whoever is in that role and give them some easy passes because you know Everton are going to be closing down you know if we just think about next weekend um and i'm thinking about this purely from a selfish point of view because i'm taking my stepdad to that game and it's his first uh dose of live ange ball and we're, he's robbed um basuma and uh and uh and udoggy which is a shame um but i think you know we've got to get in and support them and give them easy passes and be and help them play through it because obviously they're a lot weaker than you know our preferred two players in that position um and it's going to be another period you know, we've got another two months basically where we're kind of forced into compromise again, aren't we? Like we were at mm. centre back. 
Well, for sure. And and it's all compromise. So, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot. You said what you think Andrew will do. What would you do? Would you go I, as Hoybier or would you go as Skip? I'm interested. I definitely wouldn't go with Skip. Um, I, I don't think he's an Ange 6, which I, I, I think probably... I think I'm in the minority on this. I think most people see you know see him as a kind of you know defensive midfielder, but I don't think that actually the defensive midfieldy bit is what Angie's most interested in here. And I think you know his his um, his ground coverers kind of stuff, the kind of def- more defensively minded players he wants in that that second eight position. Um, I I mean, if it was me, I'd probably go with Geo, like you were saying. Um, but again, that's that's risky. Um, yeah. You know, he's not as good defensively as as the others, but he's a lot better on the ball. It's a position he played at PSG, so he has played it before. Um, but I think probably the compromise is, you know, if he's fit, is to play him in that second eight position. So you know, Saar, Hoybier, yeah. and and Gio, and keep Decky out on the flank, and then you've got a bit more. I think you got you can kind of compensate maybe for for Hoybier's weakness, but yeah. It, it's interesting. I mean, I, w- I will just say, I think the one thing with Skip, and I completely agree with you, I think that Ange, both Ange sees him as a more progressive player these days, uh, if any, and, and I think we all do. But I guess I think that he has the courage to play the six in the way that we need it played, more than Hoybier, who to me always seems to go a little bit more cautious first. Having said that, I think you're right. I think he will go with the experience of Hoybier in that situation. And, and so it's probably a moot point. But yeah, I mean, a skip or a geo. I, look, I, I think I might be uh, in the moment that we're talking here, kind of talking myself into, I'd love to see an experiment with geo, but maybe not against Everton. Because <laughs> <So>, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a very physical game. And I think he's got a strong midfield, Everton. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to, I mean, they, they play, um, you know, five. Five three two. They're going to put. Um, they're going to let our centre backs have the ball. They're going to put two men either side of our number six, and then uh, try and block off the passing lanes into them. And then as soon as the ball comes into midfield, they're going to they're going to crowd them and they're going to try and turn it over and, and break. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whoever's there is not going to get a lot of time on the ball. But you know, again, when we're talking about those kind of WM passes, um, yeah, this is where yeah, if we play, if we pass to the six if it's you know it's Hoybier or whoever and they pass back to the other center back and then you've got the straight yeah, yeah. pass forwards to the eight or yeah. to the wing backs yes and and you can you know you draw the men in and pass it through that then we can make it work and i think mm. you know we've got to bear in mind yeah. that yeah, yeah. you know we, we've we've persevered with playing out through the back you know against arsenal and and, and city and others when you we've had really tough periods of it really hard you know difficult halves and then we've persevered with it played it better and, and played through it so I'm I'm convinced that he, you know, and they're two of the best pressing teams in 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 the country in Europe, and, and we, we've stuck with it. So you know, I'm sure he'll he'll do that. You know, what what they're not going to do is, yeah, they're not they're going to give our centre backs time and then try and close out the rest of the pitch. It's not going to be pretty. No, no, quite. Um, I, I think we've actually addressed somewhat uh, within this conversation. We just had uh, the next point, which was, can we read anything into Skip coming on ahead of Hoybier? I think we've kind of addressed what the reasons for that might be. Um, what I'd like to get into is that Skip coming on meant that Decky moved to right wing. And, and you know, look, it was a it was a switch. That I think when it happened, I think I was scratching my head at first. I was like, wow. I'm not really too sure this is going to work. And then very quickly, it made a lot of sense, didn't it? Um, do you think it was the key to us winning the game? The way Decky's playing right now, you could st- stick him in goal and take Vicario off and it would be key, a key change to us winning the with game. With that mask. You know? He's got to keep <laughs> wearing that mask. mask right? yeah, yeah. I-, I wonder if he's going to wear that mask even if he doesn't have an injury because he seems to really enjoy it, doesn't he? He kind of loves <laughs> talking about that. Well, the that. thing is, he, he certainly achieved the key moments of the game on the right, but he was causing havoc in the middle as well prior to that. It was his first, you know, his first touch and go, his possession his passing he's he's um he's really becoming that pivotal player for us you know that we know he he can be that kind of yeah and and he can do it in in multiple positions so it was key in this game um uh, to us winning it uh you know just just stats wise he got the goal and assist from that side but um but i think the way he's playing it wouldn't have mattered yeah, I mean, I think maybe the first question that you skipped over, maybe it's wrong there saying, can we read anything to, to skip coming on ahead of Hoybier? It's probably actually skip coming on ahead of Brian, isn't it? Because that's the natural mm. change for, for, for Johnson if Johnson's going off. I, I wonder whether actually the kind of physicality of the game was part of the reason that he, he thought of that, you know, doing that. Um, but I mean, Decky. Had a field day out there. I think he was. A, I think he was a lot more involved out there than he was in the middle, actually. And um, you know, maybe yeah, just giving him a bit more space out there, and, and you know, 
you know, position he's more used to. Um, you certainly can't argue with the outcome, can you? No, I mean, I think the thing with Skippy is that, you know, as we've addressed earlier, he is, I mean, he's soldier in the sense of he is going to listen and do the work that's asked. There is not an ounce of ego to this guy that I can see. Um, he is actually uh, quite aggressive when he's going forward. Uh, and as you said, Milo, in a game like this, I don't think you could afford to take the risk of someone who's not physically going to be able to come into the game and stand right up immediately. So I think that's a, probably a major reason. I think um, he's he's like six foot three, isn't he, Deckies? He's not he's not small hmm. by any means. But, no, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's yeah, he's he is a, a, a powerhouse. I mean, I, I've got yeah. to say as well, I was glad to hear him talk about his right foot a little more in one of the post match <laughs> interviews, and I was glad he used it. By the way, <laughs> Matt Turner, thank you very much, you gooner twat. <laughs> I have to say that. Sorry, I'm duty bound. I, was, I, I mean, there was a double delight, double mistake. Funnily enough, I was looking into after we talked about Decky. I think it was a few, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, when I was um, complaining about him not getting to the byline and um, doing the cutback pass enough. And I think you were you were talking about his right foot. So I went back and looked at the stats. He's actually got more assists with his right foot than his left since he's joined us. Perception. Wow perception is uh he did say in his interview my my right foot is very underrated (laughs) (laughs) and back to skippy i I thought skippy grew into the game i think he was a bit nervy to begin with i thought he got better as the game went on um you know he's never going to be decky madison or geo is he he's not he's not that but people forget that he was a box-to-box midfielder when he was in our you know youth setup you know more than a defensive midfielder it's only really kind of you know, when he got into the first team, you know, Mourinho, particularly, who started using him in that position, and I suppose, you know, also when he went off to to Norwich on loan. Um, but maybe this is closer to what he's, yeah, you know, what he's done before. I think there's a, I think there's going to be a little pod feature we'll have to have about him as we get into January. I think he's a really interesting um, question for us going forward because uh, he, he, you know, he does offer a lot of versatility, and again, that a bit that work rate and that ability to plug into several different positions makes him very valuable in an Ange squad. I, I, but it's a I, case of quality over over versatility. I'd, let's talk about something cheerful, which is Richie, uh, uh, Richie again um, putting in a, a you know a powerful centre forward performance and uh, a great header again I mean are, are we prepared to to say that this is uh, the, the continual evolution of a new player after two so. games yeah <laughs> yes uh-huh. absolutely well you've I, just written off Oliver Skip because he's <laughs> uh, after about five years I mean to be fair <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean he certainly looks freer doesn't he he, he looks like he's um, yeah, yeah he looks like he, you know a lot more comfortable um, it was a great leap for the goal um I don't know. It's in the loins, mate. It's in mm. the loins. His loins are much more flexible, you see. Well, Can I yeah. ask you, did you ever, what is a languid loin? I've been thinking about that all week. Ram, but what would a lang, what is a languid, a languid loin? loin? It's an adjective that dis- sort of suggests movement, but do your loins yeah. move? It, they move as part of your legs, but I was yeah, trying to figure this yeah. out. It, it, <laughs> it was describing my running style when I, when I was playing football. So I think it was. I think I was deceptively slow. <laughs> Very good. I've all right. Well, I'm glad to clarify that because it's really been, it's been confusing me all week. What's your greatest strength? I'm deceptively slow. Yeah. Deceptively slow. What great? Yeah, yeah. It means people people like fly into a challenge to be too early because they think I'm going to be there before I am, and then I can just drift past them. You know, it's... drift past them with those languid loins propelling you forward, or at least carrying you at slow speed. Well, it's, it, we I think we can safely say that Richie's loins are anything but languid. I mean, he does. Look, I, I, to me, he looks like you know he he. He's asking serious questions now because he's finally... Dickies might be after his goal celebration, you know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Babby, yeah. Babby well, Dickie coming in April, so... Yeah, and a, a very interesting note, and this uh, sorry to tie this back to refs for a moment, but it was an inconsistency. R- Richie booted the ball into the stands again and didn't get a card this week, but he got a card last week. So yeah. did we get away with one or was the other one? I don't know. Anyway, but... um. Anyway, well, yeah, I just, I, it's not in our script, but I did think it was well worth mentioning because I thought the header was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. I, I mean, it was a great ball, but yeah. what a header. That's a, that is a classic centre forward's yeah. uh, goal. Really good. And he's good. got his goals now that are from 
very good service to him as well. Yes. You know, so I think there's been a, there's kind of being able to do that. And Decky obviously coming back into this form where he's putting in elite level yeah. crosses into the box for, I mean, you know, the, for Richarlison, um, that's, that's bread and butter stuff. Very exciting. And also very exciting. And we as a pod have been collectively singing this man's praises for some time. So we'll sing him a little more. Uh, ben Davis, <laughs> I mean, the man is uh, just performing at, I think, maybe the highest level he's performed with, uh, you know, for us ever. I mean, he's he's really putting in some fantastic uh, performances at left centre back, which let's remember is not his typical position, even though he's played in a three. But it's not really yeah. what he does. I think. I think for comparison, I mean, the only time you could, you could really say he's played better maybe is when he you know was preferred to. Danny Rose under Poch when he, you know, kind of when he like and you're going right back to really when he first first joined the club was that his, was that his second season I think where his preferred might have been first mm. season even but yeah I think you're right I think you'd, you'd have to be going back quite a long way for anything comparable wouldn't you he looks leaner yeah. he looks fitter he looks stronger he actually looks faster even to me it's it's that intelligence isn't it yes. as, as he's getting older he's always been a very intelligent player but now he's able to u- utilize that really well and he's so, he's so reliable and if you think about the different systems he's played in since he's come to the club three or four different systems and he's kind of kept his place you know and he's been in and around that first 11 so um so yeah he's been he's really helped us actually with van der ven obviously being out and being able to slot in there and and give us less worry than i thought you know it would it would be having it having van der ven away um i think it's made it a lower priority to find a, a left centre back but I think I'd still rather have him as cover for for Udogi mainly and still aim to get someone new in um, but then what we have with Davies is an asset that can play either left centre back or left back and whilst not offering the best attributes of the players he's replacing it wouldn't be the as, as we've seen it wouldn't be the drop off in a similar vein to say Dyer for Romero or Royale for yeah. Porro. Yeah I mean I think for me right centre back if we, we I think we certainly need to bring in a centre back and in January and right centre back would be the priority now mm. uh, previously I probably would have said left centre back and I mean ideally what you want to do is clone Van der Ven but with a right foot and then mm. s- sign him for right back so I think a quick uh, right centre back who's good on the ball would be would give us that balance so if Romero's out or you know if, if, if we're in a situation where both are out again then we don't have to worry about playing the high line you know and um, yeah I think right centre back is the priority now bizarrely actually i think i think go on a side on a detour but i think with um with basuma out now and and benton kerr you know question mark i think uh a number six is is the second mm. priority now i would have said a left winger previously but i think a six probably wow that opened up a whole new avenue of conversation which i'm afraid to step <laughs> we've got time for go another <laughs> well i don't know if we have i mean i i've got to say i think i see your i see your what you're thinking but then when everyone's fit we would have a problem because we would have a lot of players so but i mean, sticking with sticking with ben Sorry, can i just come back on that briefly because <laughs> <laughs> I again I I don't think I th- I think I think Benton Kerr is an emergency six only I think he's an eight in Angie's system and I think uh, you know quality cover for Basuma and we could I could have actually said this earlier on because it's you know the answer to you're saying about you know just you know question about Basuma and his temperament and the fouls and stuff is very similar to the answer I gave about Romero when we had the same question last week the answer to that is have quality backup and then it doesn't mm. matter so much if they miss you know six seven games a season um so yeah I think I, I don't think that would be a waste if we brought in someone in that position sorry oh, Ben quite, Davis quite- Quite frankly, though, just to say quite frankly, I think Daniel Levy should be giving this manager quality backup in every position, mm. every position. But of course, we're playing. We we 100%. understand that this is not how we play it. So we're having to like you know do like the, the quality street selection where you know which one are you going to pick because you can't have everything you want. Well, but, how many manage, How many managers have looked at the uh, looked at the box yes. at the end of January and just found coffee creams in there? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think one of the biggest benefits of Ben Davis's um, cover uh, for Van der Ven is that he actually allows um, me to get uh, a pound of coffee uh, with ease because Van der Ven doesn't need to be rushed back. I mean, we can really take mm-hmm. our time. And one of the news items that did come out this week was, I mean, in all seriousness, was that, you know, they're not going to let him near a, a training session with a ball and the, the other players until they're absolutely sure, as sure as you can be, that he's not going to re-injure. That's a luxury. 
And that's a luxury I didn't think we were going to have three weeks ago. And I actually did fear that a pound of coffee was going to end, another pound of coffee was going to end up with Milo. Uh, but I love the fact we don't have to push him. He, yeah, he is training on grass now. So we know that. So he, yeah. he's back training outside. Um, mm-hmm. That probably means he's maybe he's a week away from joining in team sessions, but it might not be kind of full sessions. It might be the beginning of them or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're talking about the um, the FA Cup game on on the fifth, isn't it? it yeah, is they the may be clear can... that they might actually not rush him back for that, and that mm. they may hold it a little while longer to make sure that he doesn't have the rear. So I think they're very very. I think again, I think what Ben Davis has allowed us to do is mm. maybe enjoy um, that luxury. Well, fingers crossed, nothing happens to him yeah, in the next couple of weeks. Oh God! Anyway. And then, yeah, the next game after that is is the Man United game, which is a few weeks later because I, we don't have many games I, in January, I, so that's. Yeah. I have a feeling that if they can do it that they will and this is just this is speculation on my part. I have a feeling they will that that's when we might see him come back. I, I mean mm-hmm. if I'm sure they're gonna try and get to that, you know, uh to that place. Because it is a little more insurance. I mean this is a player where, you know, he's using his speed. Anyway, let's move on. Because it has been around a year since uh you and I <laughs> Ram uh had a little jolly uh, up to Nottingham um, to, to watch us lose in the League Cup uh, to Forest. Um, I mean, I, I'll start by asking you, mate, and then obviously Milo will come in. Uh, you know, what's changed uh, since then? And would we have lost this game a year ago? I think, do you know what? It's hard, it's hard for me to have anything negative to say about that away day because there's so many good memories of it. But we were truly awful on the pitch. <laughs> it was like an absolutely... <laughs> insipid and toothless display everything has changed since then output belief energy attacking impetus and just the general mood of the club and the fans obviously the manager you know we um so so everything has changed and we absolutely would have lost this game i think uh last season because i think we we might have gone one nil up early doors and then held on for dear life and i think forest in this game on friday night they created some big chances um and i think the team last year would have been overrun with that you know we've been sitting back and allowing Forrest to come at them but we you know this team obviously doesn't necessarily allow that or or they do it on their terms so yeah I think we would have lost it and everything has changed since then yeah I mean Larice wouldn't have saved the one on the line with his leg like exactly and yeah yeah, sorry I just got flashbacks to kind of Romero Dyer and Davis in in a back three with um you know be Hoybier and I don't know it's probably Skip wouldn't it sat on top of them if it's a if it's a Conte team and then just us getting getting a goal and then sitting back and then soaking that up for 70 minutes or whatever it would have been it would have, it would have been painful wouldn't it yeah uh, my overriding uh, uh feeling on all of this is that you would never see a manager do to a player what conti did to session on that night oh, yeah, yeah. which was basically oh, God, yeah, i mean I I, i'm not yeah. sure i'm not That's, sure if this was still... the last time session appeared in a spurs shirt on a football pitch i i, I someone out there will correct me if I not right. my perception no, is it was no i think he came back didn't he but um did he but yeah basically forced him to play through an injury yeah. And, well, and basically, yeah. he, he basically yeah. of that night, that night, and it was right in line with us, wasn't it, Ren? We could see it. Yeah. It's like Cessignon is waving. I want to come off. And at one point, I think even you and I thought, oh, he does. He's not not got. He's not up for this. But the guy could barely move, and Conte's yeah. just basically yelled at him from the other side, "You're staying." And he ran it. I mean, he was like something from the from the you know the sixties or so. You know, run yeah. him into the ground. Real man stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah what a di- It was unbelievable. What a dire thing. I, and we've that to me yeah. symbolizes uh, one of the the many. Huge changes, you know. Mm. A manager who likes his players versus one who patently only liked himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a manager who likes our football yeah. club versus a manager who patently only liked himself. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was too good for us. I also think you wouldn't have uh, had to reprimand a fan this time round as well <laughs> for being a little yes. bit of a knob. <laughs> yes, not proud, proud moment. I suppose. No, but no. But it's good. It's good that you, you walked away the from right the ground by talking to each other still. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think we were. You know, yeah, that, we were that, will teach, right. that, will, that will teach you, Ram, for being rude about Eric Dyer yeah. within Steph's earshot. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, the drive home was a little bit tense. <laughs> 
poor, you, you say we were still talking to each other. That chap, whoever he was, was about 30 feet away and I was still talking to him. Yeah. It was, you know, but in fairness, that is something that has disappeared from this club. The rancor, the aggression, yeah, exactly. the anger, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the absolutely appalling uh, yeah. behavior towards our players uh, by frustrated fans and misdirected frustration, all gone. Thanks to what Andrew Postacoglu has done and yeah. thanks to what this football team has done as well. So, yeah. yes, I think uh, I agree. We would have lost this game a year ago. And uh, wow, what a difference a year makes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we think of Forrest? They're a bit shit, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, they did have a little bit of attacking impetus at one at some points, but they couldn't they couldn't finish. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I think it really marred what any kind of relative affection I might have had for them in in the way that they that in their physicality towards us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, um, I mean, they had one shot on target all game, mm. so you know, for all the talk of kind of they didn't you know attacking impetus or whatever, they didn't do much with it. Um, mm. and yeah, I really didn't like the way they went about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, like you, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. You know, my best mates are a forest fan and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I've got great memories of, you know, how they played when I was a kid and, um, you know, they were always a team who tried to do it, tried to play properly. And I don't think they did actually in this game, um, which, you know, which is a shame, but, um, but they're in a hole and I can understand that they, you know, that Cooper wants to get out of it. And, um, you know, if they stand back and applaud us, then obviously we're going to run through them. And, you know, we can't expect anyone to do that really. It's down to the ref mm-hmm. to control the game. And he didn't. Yeah. I mean, I not got much to add to what you just said, Milo, other than I will, uh, double down on the disappointment at the performance of Nottingham Forest, who I think have a lot more about them, have some really good players. I think Morgan Gibbs-White is a really mm-hmm. intriguing footballer. I really like watching him when he's in full flight, you know. Um, and it was just really disappointing. And I found myself after 30 minutes saying, hang on, this is Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. I've I've been going to away games here for years. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've always seen them play the right way, as you said, uh, Milo. And it was really disappointing. And again, the context is they're fighting for their lives. But even within that remit, I thought that they looked desperate and uh look i think they're going to stay up i think they've got too many players to go down but this was certainly not one of their finer performances mm. uh, in any way shape or form and i think they got what they deserved simple as that yes a change to the normal last question it is indeed gentlemen if you could have one christmas present for tottenham hotspur football club what would you wish for go on is Ram, that you're for smiling. this is it? Is this for this season? It's for right now. It's for right now. Don't get yeah. philosophical. It's a and, bloody okay. Christmas <laughs> question. It's one of those <laughs> light-hearted <laughs> Christmas questions, and you're intellectualizing right. it, Ram. Come on, okay. none, none, right, of this, fine. And none of this Miss World or World Peace type stuff. Let's, let's be specific. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. We're right, jumping yeah. on Ram. How unkind of us. Are you, well, yeah. Well, don't <laughs> talk to me like I'm Gareth. <laughs> Sorry, Gareth. You know I love you. Yeah, um, we're, we're okay. Just, yeah. Making sure yeah. that you know you're part of the squad and you know when to yeah. come and you can stand up to the physicality of the game. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this Christmas, I want us to finish the year on 40 points or all our best players to sign massive extensions. Then in my stocking would be some January reinforcements of a similar impact Lucky that Decky and Bentoncourt had, Good and I'm not God. greedy. Give a, give a guy a chance for a Christmas present. He goes up absolutely <laughs> mental. This, this, is very much, this is very much like my son. He's written about 20 letters to Father <laughs> Christmas uh, since uh, December. And um, <laughs> last week he wrote a letter to the government asking for more Transformer toys to be made, which is this is the second time he's done this. <laughs> I, this I, might be the shout. one government that will listen to him and do it to get a vote. You never know. <laughs> I have to fake letters from the government back to him because he gives them to me to post them. And oh, I, 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 counter, I counterfeit letters from made-up government ministries about, about whatever he's... Um, Whatever he's asked I'm for, not so. kidding. I bet if you gave it to our present government, they would reply in earnest and say yes. Yeah, can we count on your support? <laughs> can we count on your support if we make more Transformer toys? Exactly. This is his chance. Walk it up to ton number 10, Milo. Go on. Okay. <laughs> mm. My Christmas present is a fit again, Madison. As ASAP. Um, you know, we know that Van der Ven's a little bit ahead of him in coming back, but, you know, as good as Decky's been and, you know, Gio's had a good, couple of games in that position as well madison brings so much more to it he's got you know his balance and his ability to drop back you know we're talking about hoybier um you know you know not being an ideal fit at six but you know madison was great at dropping back and helping the six or rotating there and just driving everything forwards and you know we've had some really good 
performances from people filling in that position, but they're all a little way short from what Madison can bring. And I think you know he just brings the best out of everyone around him. So the sooner he's back, the better. I'm going to answer from two perspectives. If we're just looking at this Christmas season, my one Christmas present is nine points. That's what I want. If we're looking for a Christmas present that's going to last me uh, for the whole of 2024, no more key injuries once our key injured players come back. That's it. No more. And thus, I believe, gentlemen, we have wrapped up (laughs) our Forest Review. Milo, you want to bring us through the week that was? I'll do the week that was. So uh, BBC brought us the welcome news on Saturday evening that Chris Davis has rejected the chance to join Swansea City as their new manager. Davis is Angie's number two, and according to the BBC, was Swansea's first choice to fill the vacancy. It's good news, isn't it? Yeah, I think Gareth was spot on last week, you know, when he said that Swansea attract good young managers, so he's clearly doing the right things to attract them, and it's good that we've kept, we've kept hold of him. Yes, excellent news. Happy for Ange, happy for us. This new doggy signed a new, another good, some more good news. Signed a new contract, so we'll keep him at the club until the summer of twenty thirty. Good grief, we're getting this. These are sci-fi years, aren't they? Like, <laughs> um, who would you like to see be the next putting pen to paper on a new deal? Eric Dyer, Steph, <laughs> Royal till twenty thirty. <laughs> I love Eric. I, 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 you know, there's a joke I want to crack about keeping him at the club for another 10, 15 years, but I won't do it because I love him. I'm not going to do it. I'm sure you can imagine what I might be saying, but well, I'll leave it for you out there to think what that might be. I, I will say, not knowing the contract state of, uh, I mean, Van der Ven just signed for us. I've got to think that maybe Paps are someone we've got to get down on, mm. on paper pretty yeah. quickly. And a uh, really, really important player. My word, I think in the next, I think in two seasons' time, he's going to be the dominant midfielder of his type in the Premier League. So well, that yeah, to I me mean, is probably the key one. This is his third year with us, isn't it? So yeah. um, tying him down. Would be would be useful, yeah. Ram. I I had uh, and I also again not knowing the contract situations. I had Decky, Van der Ven, Porro, and Saar. Sonny would be the other one. He's got one year to, to run after this oh, wow. uh, after this season. So um, we're probably at sign or sell stage, aren't we? Yeah, we want to keep him, don't we? Yeah, oh, but yeah. but isn't it nice to be in a position where we've got lots of young players who are playing really well, and you want to tie yeah. them down to long contracts rather than older yeah. players that you're trying to shift, which is where we've been for so long. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Uh, the club have confirmed that they have planning permission to build a new 30-storey hotel with 180 rooms and 49 residential apartments to the south of the stadium. Steph, blocking off your beloved view from the um, sky, no, Skywalk. Just, yeah, I mean, look, hypocrisy being uh, the rite of passage for anyone over their mid-50s, uh, um, I, I will doubtless stay in this hotel and tell you that it's fantastic uh, to be able to stay uh, next to the ground. Mm. Uh, the flip side of that is, as you said, Milo, and I've been whinging about this all week, um, it just is going to break that fantastic uh, visual as you walk down the high road. And it's just, you know, it's a bit naff, really, to, I, I think. I, I think the thing is, Steph, when Scooter do their seven-night stadium <laughs> run there, and you can, ha- you, can have, you can stay in the hotel for the full seven nights, get luxury tickets for every yeah. single night of the run, He's going to buy one of the residential apartments. This hotel is is possibly the greatest gift to mankind. Uh, And as you're right, I'll only be 300 feet from a shower and my next next German techno rave mongus performance. Seven nights in a row. Is that true? (laughs) No, no, I'm holding up. If that is true, then you know that we're in a parallel universe, right? Yeah. You'd, you'd be down in the basement riding go-karts to Scooter, wouldn't you? It would. You, you're, you're, my God, sometimes I wonder if we're brothers. You seem to know me so well. It's unbelievable. I would. I would be. You, and I'd be are, riding them, and I'd be riding them harder, faster. Go-kart, Scooter. Yeah, anyway. And to wrap us up, uh, season ticket holders and members got an email on Sunday offering them a chance to buy NFTs, which is non-fungible tokens, to the uninitiated of virtual sections of the pitch with the promise of fan rewards. I think they give it a bit more um, puff than that. But uh, if, if key moments during the game happen in your square, you get points every time something happens in your virtual square. Uh, the NFTs are 20 quid a pop and can be purchased in packs of four and ten. And you're buying, buying blinds. So you don't know which bits of virtual pitch you're buying. Um, they They last for a year. Uh, although it says that you can keep your virtual token for life as a kind of sign of what a great fan you are. 
Uh, this is the second. This is the second crypto. This is the sign of. This is the second crypto scheme that the club have launched this season. Um, the email and blurb on the website don't mention the NFTs or cryptos, and don't include any of the risk warnings that you'd normally like to see. You're normally required to see some with something like this. So. Um, it's all stinks, doesn't what, it? Like the last one. What is the risk warning that you're well, basically if you fall for it? <laughs> is that the risk warning? I mean, that's which is, would be fair. They, 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 well, they try to tell you that this is kind of an investment or you know, kind of collectible, um, uh. and there'll be a market in these NFTs. But you know, yeah. look, it's um, it's just yeah. absolutely rank, isn't it? I mean, Ram, as, we're, as a, we're blocking as, you out of these yeah, opinions. No, come on, no, 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 come. no. As, as a season ticket holder, I th- I feel a bit like a bridge that you know, I'm not, like I've, I've taken umbrage with it. I'm like, oh, good, why umbridge. would you do that? I yeah, thought you yeah, said yeah, you were yeah. a bridge between us and the world of NFTs. Or you were going to no. go on a rant about how much you loved <laughs> NFTs. You were scaring me for a minute. Let's no, clarify. I think, you I think take umbrage to it. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a little bit of an insult. It's like, oh, you're a season ticket are you? Yeah. Obviously, I've bought a pack of four, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the, we got those for free. Is it? Did anyone ever activate their free ones? No, I certainly didn't. No, no, no. I mean, no, I, no. I actually, I, 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 I couldn't, I, I couldn't rush to put them in the in the little trash icon I, fast enough. It, it, the the blurb on the site <laughs> did say that they do these virtual pitch tokens for last season as well, and you'll get some of those free if you get ones for this season. So it doesn't <laughs> exist. It's not worth what? anything. Why would you want yeah. this? It's like, and, <laughs> it doesn't and, exist. <laughs> and isn't it isn't it typical of us that we jump on on board the NFT bandwagon two years after everyone else has got off, saying this is a heap of bollocks? You know? like, isn't it? I'd love to know the decision making behind this. Do you think they signed these contracts two years ago and have to go through them, or do you think they really? No. Just no, out of it. No, no, it's all recent. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, I just the worst. Yes. I mean, we we could probably spend another 10 minutes saying why this is just a big load of shite, but let's not, shall we? <laughs> let's just uh, don't agree buy on that. Don't, don't buy, buy them. them. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> buy them. And let us give you the, the the risk warning. Buying this NFT on the premise that you are collecting something that's worthwhile, valuable, and will make you a better fan uh, is a lie. You will actually be subscribing to twatdom. Right. That's our. I think we can say that as a, yeah, as a health warning. That's fair. <clears throat> that's a fair comment. Very good. All right. Well, uh, thanks, chaps. That uh, that was fun. So these are good times. I think uh, so. It's. Uh, mm. Great to address them. Great to talk about them. Um, it is Christmas next weekend, so the pod won't be out as usual on Monday morning because our families would probably stop talking to... Oh, your family still talk to you? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it says here, our families would probably stop talking to us if we spent Christmas Eve recording a, a podcast. Uh, instead, the next pod will be out on Thursday, the 28th of December after the Brighton game. So uh, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks very much for listening, as you have done. And uh, remember to keep telling your friends about us it certainly helped us grow to where we are right now and it's a it's 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 a good place to be so thanks again thanks for joining us and we'll see you a bit later than usual next week